Welcome to the Akeen Mind Podcast. My name is Jude, and this is episode number 19, Reducing Holiday Stress, Part 3. Most people struggle with stress and feel overwhelmed when they can't keep up with life's demands. That's why I teach mindfulness, because it brings more joy and peace in life. Now, the holidays can bring added stress due to an increase of obligations, financial stress, and getting together with family that we may not get along well with. Now, in part one, I covered how to plan ahead to reduce stress, avoid making unnecessary trips to the store, and how to become more involved in our communities if we're feeling lonely during the holidays. Part two was about letting go of striving for the perfect holiday season, those Norman Rockwell moments, and having more realistic expectations and how to use mindfulness to work with irritations that we face during the holidays with friends or family members. In part three, I'm going to cover how to use mindful listening, assertive communication, and forgiveness to reconnect to yourself and your loved ones during the holiday season. Following this talk, there will be a guided meditation, so stay tuned and thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. In exchange, I will send you an MP3 guided meditation. This is a lake meditation that is very useful in bringing more awareness into the body and letting go and relaxing. This is often a meditation that is done lying down or Um, in a reclining position. So if you're enjoying the show, please leave me a review and then send me an email to let me know that you've completed that at judeatakeenmind.com and I will send that over to you. And another note is that registration is open for mindfulness-based stress reduction, the eight-week evidence-based course created by John Kabat-Zinn. You can go to my website at akeenmind.com and you can register right there on the site or even just learn more about the class. The orientation takes place on January the 8th at Elemental Healing Charlotte. So you can register for that. Registration fee is $15. However, if you come to the orientation to decide the class is not right for you, then you will get a full refund for the orientation. However, if you decide to sign up, that will go towards the cost of the course. Now, the cost of the course is on a sliding scale because I want to make the course accessible for anyone who's interested in learning about mindfulness and meditation. So low income is $250, medium $350, high income $450. However, no one is turned away for an inability to pay $250. If your income or your situation won't allow you to do that, I can work with you so that you'll be able to take the course. Now we're going to get into how to reduce stress during the holiday season, part three. So maybe this season you're anticipating a familiar story, one in which you get uh, baited into a familiar challenging discussion, a a political argument, or an issue that a friend or a family member tends to bring up that you're like, oh boy, here comes the familiar way things go, and it brings about a sense of internal conflict 
or it may even bring about a real conflict where you get into an argument with the loved one or the person that you're there trying to celebrate with. And my experience in working with other people is that they're hoping that their loved ones will be different this year. That, you know, that somehow that they'll change and won't act in these same ways. That's what we really deeply hope that they will get, yet somehow we still anticipate that things may go in this familiar way. I mean, I worked with one person who can recall their mother whispering to them, have you tried Weight Watchers? Or having someone just make a comment that compares them to their sibling or another family member, and then they feel judged, criticized, attacked in those moments. And when we feel attacked by others or judged by others, we tend to retreat. We tend to become tense and full of stress. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what we can do in moments like this that will help us work through some of these challenges. And the first thing I would recommend is to let go of any expectations that your family is going to change or be different this year but to instead acknowledge how they are and work towards accepting yourself just as you are. I love what Carl Rogers says. He says, when I truly accept myself just as I am, then I can change. And I also believe that accepting ourselves in this way may even allow some more room for us to accept others as they are as well. Because attempting to control other people actually puts you under their control. So maybe this season you can give yourself permission to let go of trying to control them and see if you can just become more curious, perhaps even amused about the things that they're saying, knowing that this is par for the course. This is typical behavior. Now, one of the things that we can do in moments like this is connect to our breath. Instead of jumping into becoming defensive or correcting them, just stop for a moment and feel your breath. Even right now, you can just begin to feel your breath flowing in and feel your breath flowing out. Perhaps even envision yourself in this moment in that difficult situation. Maybe recognize how your body and your mind typically become tense and more contracted. And see if you can just allow those feelings to be present for a moment and to loosen the grip of trying to control the situation. Become curious to how your body is feeling and really begin to investigate with a level of intimate and kind attention to what your body and mind typically experiences. In these moments when you're feeling judged or criticized, what are you believing? That I'm not good enough? That they're wrong or they're bad? What is the belief? And if there isn't a belief that emerges... You could just rest with breathing and curiosity of what the body feels. But if there is some kind of belief, like I'm not good enough, or I'll never measure up, or I'll never be as good as my sibling, ask yourself, 
Is this belief really, really true? What would it be like if I didn't hold this belief? What might I feel then? And then to just move to a nurturing state of awareness where you're settling and breathing and noticing the thoughts that arise, that come and go, as you attempt to maintain a level of kindness towards yourself in this moment. And this is one of the skills that can be used when we're in these kinds of situations where we feel trapped or judged. Now, of course, if the relationship is truly abusive and this is something where you feel uh, significantly threatened emotionally or even physically, then you may just choose to spend very limited time with these family members or to even not to get together at all. It doesn't mean that we have to push other people out of our heart in order to set a boundary that we're not going to be with them during this holiday season. Now, if there's some major conflict or even moderate level of conflict, you may want to consider reaching out to them before you get together to see if there's any chance to reconcile or resolve or to set up a situation where you may be able to avoid the intensity of this kind of conflict. Now, one of the skills that I teach comes from Dr. Rosenberg, and he has a four-part process called nonviolent communication. And the first step, and I've kind of switched them around a little bit, but I'll give you all four steps. The first step that I encourage people to share with their loved one is to share first their feelings. I'm feeling fill in the blank. So I feel hurt. I feel sad. I feel scared. I feel angry when you fill in the blank. Now, this number two is we're going to attempt to explain to them what they're doing in non-judgmental terms. So we're not going to judge them or criticize them, but to try to be as factual as possible. So it might sound like, I feel hurt when you make comments about my weight. Or, I feel like I'm missing out on connecting with you when you bring up politics. See, these are factual things, and when we position our feelings first, it really puts us in a position of power, and it opens the other person up to listen. And then we make a non-judgmental comment about what it is that they're doing that is causing a problem. The third step is that we state what we need or what we value. So, I feel hurt when you bring up my weight. What I really need is for you to leave that subject alone and talk about other things. Or, what I really need is your unconditional love and support. Would you be willing, this is the fourth step, would you be willing not to talk about my weight this year? Now, perhaps this isn't an issue from you. This is just an example that has often come up with some of the people that I work with over their loved ones bringing up issues like this. So it's just this four-part process of I feel what when you make a non-judgmental comment about what they do and then tell them what you need. 
So often we are under the assumption that other people should recognize how their comments or how their behaviors are making us feel. They should know what we need. They should know what we value and they should just change it. But we give ourselves a much better chance at getting what we need and what we value by letting other people actually know this. And then to finally, the fourth step is to make that request. Would you be willing to do this instead? It really honors and respects other people when we ask them if they'll be willing to make a change rather than just saying, stop doing that. I wish you would do things differently. That can make a huge difference. Now, I realize what I'm teaching here can be very challenging, and you may not be in a position where you're ready to address this with your loved one. So if you're not, you may still want to follow this four-part process, but to do it in a journaling style. So it could be over multiple issues or things that you faced or that you're challenged by with loved ones, and to just journal this out, let it out so that if an opportunity does arise and you feel that you are ready or you're in a position that you want to let them know, that you'll really be much more prepared. Because no matter how your loved one will respond to your feelings about wanting to be treated differently, please remember, this kind of work is really for you not for them. It's not an attempt to control them. It's rather an attempt to allow them an opportunity to really connect to you on a more deep level. And it is scary because you're taking a position of vulnerability to let them know how you're really feeling. Now, I believe that one of the prerequisites for really connecting to other people who have hurt us is learning how to forgive them. Now, I realize that that can bring up a lot depending on what they have done. And it's not about condoning any wrongdoing, but rather instead of seeing if we can let go of some of the resentments that we're holding on to so that we have the capacity to open up our heart again. But I realize this isn't easy. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. He says, everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until he has something to forgive. And I often believe that forgiveness is a process. It's not something that we just do and we're one and done and it's all over. It's something that when I'm reminded of these situations, it's almost like I have to go through this process of forgiving all over again. And there's a lot of research that shows that when we're able to forgive, when we're able to let go, that we actually become happier. We become even healthier is what the research says. Now, again, I'm not saying that you should do this. may not be in a position to do that at all right now. Maybe it's something that will come up later, or maybe you decide this is not for you at all. That's okay. Now, the other thing is is that you may be holding some kind of resentment or difficulty, uh, resentment towards yourself. And if this is the case, it's really helpful to forgive yourself as well. Because doing this will allow you to develop a more mindful and self-compassionate relationship. And if we're able to show ourselves more compassion, we're able to be more forgiving towards ourselves, it will even be easier for us to forgive others. I want to share a quote by Adrienne Rich, and she talks about 
relationships. And this quote says, an honorable human relationship, that is, one in which two people have the right to use the word love, is a process, delicate, violent, often terrifying to both persons involved, a process of refining the truths they can tell each other. It's important to do this because it breaks down human self-delusion and isolation. It's important to do this because in doing so, we do justice to our own complexity. It's important to do this because we can count on so few people to go that hard way with us. So, even if you're not ready to confront your loved one or to try to reconcile with them before the holidays, you may want to journal all your feelings out about this or talk to trusted others that will hear you and listen to you so that you can express some of these feelings. And maybe if that isn't good enough, Professional counseling can really be a help because the intention there is that they're not there to judge you, but they're to listen to you. And sometimes that's really what we need. And often we hold back from addressing or confronting some of these other issues through assertive communication because we fear that the other person won't respond to us. Now, I want to give you one other tip with the communication with loved ones. If you fear of how they will respond, like they will just completely dismiss you or ignore it, you may actually want to say that first. Maybe that's the very first step before you ever tell them how you feel, is that you say, you know what, I really have something important to share with you, but I'm really reluctant to tell you because I think that you might fill in the blank. What do they typically do? Now, the reason we would do this is because often people don't want to show you that that is their habit, but you've recognized it. You've seen them do this again and again, and it might give them a chance to recognize and make make them more mindful that this is what they do. Now, I realize, again, that this can be challenging, maybe not something you're ready for. So in those moments, if you're choosing kind of not to address this with them or not to talk to these things about uh to talk to them about these things, take care of yourself. Mindful breathing. Notice your body. Soften your body. Change the subject. Use humor if you can. Look at their eyes. Look at the color of their eyes. Often this can help us feel more connected to them, even in moments of difficulty. Maybe even reminding ourselves that they're doing the best they can, even though it doesn't feel like it right now. They're trying to have some kind of control or they're trying to change things for the better because they believe that this method is the most effective or maybe it's the only method they know and they're so used to doing it, they're not familiar with another way. So I'd wish you well during these times at whatever you choose to do and I would just say honor the wisdom that you have inside of you to know what is right for you to do this holiday season. Now, I want to transition now to move into a guided meditation. So I just want to invite you now to take a position that is comfortable yet alert and awake. Perhaps allowing the eyes to close if you wish. 
and bringing awareness to the body, noticing where you're connected to the chair, to the floor, to the bed, wherever you are. Notice gravity act on the body, holding you here. See if you can allow the body to be just as it is. And then gently, kindly moving awareness to breathing. Just noticing your breath flow in and out effortlessly. Noticing the soft touch of the breath. Is it possible to be with a full in-breath and the full out-breath as you're present? Notice where the mind goes when it doesn't want to be with the breath. And then simply invite yourself to come back again and again to this breath, this moment. Where can you detect the breath most distinctly? The nostrils, the back of the throat, the chest, the belly. There's no need to think about breathing. You've been doing it your whole life. You're just watching the breath moment to moment. You're invited now to gently move attention away from breathing and bring awareness to what's brought you here for meditation. What really, really matters? Perhaps it's to be happy, to have peace of mind, to feel confident, free. You're invited to whisper these intentions aloud or to yourself in your mind, saying, may I be, may I feel, and fill in the blank or blanks that make sense for you. Happy, peaceful, safe, loved, free. knowing that if nothing is arising, it will come up in its own timing. There's no need to force or judge. And then gently moving awareness right back to breathing. Remembering that we're just shining a spotlight of awareness on the breath while we're not pushing anything else away. So we're still aware of 
sound or thoughts or images that may arise in the mind, remaining curious, noticing the different activities that arise. As we allow the breath to be an anchor, anchoring our attention in this moment, feeling and watching the breath. Expanding awareness now to include the body breathing. Noticing the subtle movements as you breathe in and out that occur at the chest, the belly, anywhere you can detect movement in the body as you breathe. As you breathe in, we watch the body fill with aliveness. And as you breathe out, we watch the body let go again and again. Watching the body receive the breath. And on your next out breath, see if you can just soften down the length of the body letting go of any unnecessary tightness or tension. And gently moving awareness and attention now to the oval of the face, the skin of the face. See if it's possible to allow the skin of the face to be soft and at ease. To notice the forehead as you allow it to be smooth. Noticing the eyebrows, the eye sockets. Noticing the eyes. Seeing if you can allow the eyes to just rest as they are. Noticing the eyelids. Perhaps imagining the eyes are like orbs floating in water. Bringing awareness to the nose. Noticing the cheeks, cheekbones. Being aware of the lips. Noticing inside the mouth, teeth, gums. Noticing the tongue as it rests in the mouth. Seeing if you can allow the tongue to relax all the way to its base. And noticing the jaw muscles. 
perhaps allowing the jaw to unhinge and allowing the muscles of the jaw to relax, but without forcing or trying to make anything happen. So you're just allowing your experience to be just as it is. Breath by breath, you're invited to draw awareness downward into the space of the shoulders. If possible, allow the shoulders to drop away from the ears a bit. See if you can just allow the shoulders to be 5 or 10% more relaxed. Imagining the shoulders are like blocks of ice slowly melting to water ice to water. Imagining the water is turning to gas so the shoulders are becoming even lighter, letting them be. From the space of the shoulders, you're invited to be aware of both arms, all the way from the tops of the arms, all the way down to the fingertips, noticing both arms and allowing them to rest just as they are. See if you can be curious about what you're able to notice, sense, or feel here in the arms, warmth coolness, tingling, letting them be, letting gravity act on the arms. And then moving awareness all the way down into the hands. So the mind is in the hands for a moment. Seeing if you can feel the hands from the inside out as you allow the hands to be open, receptive, and at ease. Letting be. And then gently, kindly drawing awareness back to the breath. and expanding from the breath to include the body as a whole breathing. We'll take just a few more breaths from this space right here, watching the breath come in, watching the breath come out. As you're invited to give yourself the gift of coming to the meditation softly and gently. <laughs> 